I've read in Scripture that my God meets my needs. He meets my needs. But when I come to Him and I say, God, I need more. God, I want more. God, I'm desperate for more of you, for more of your presence, for more of your glory, for more of what you have for my life because there's more that I'm supposed to do for you and without more of you, I can't accomplish more for you. Oh, I wish there was a Pentecostal church here tonight that could help me, that understands that there is still more for us to do. There is still more territory to take, more souls to reach, more miracles to see, more of the kingdom to advance. But in order for us to do more, we need more of God. And tonight, I believe that this is a shifting moment for us that as we prepare to see what God will do for the rest of the year, we have to prepare ourselves and open ourselves and get ready for God to give us more. More. God, I I want more. I need more. I'm desperate for more of you because there's more of my family. Maybe all of your family is already saved. But there's people in my family that still need to know Jesus. Is there anybody with me tonight? There's more in L.A. There's more people that need the message of Jesus. And there is a bold church that has to give that message. And so tonight I pray, I pray tonight that what we receive from God, that we will not chalk it up as just another 6 p.m. But this is where we take back Sunday night and we receive an impartation that will carry us to tomorrow because tomorrow there's a mission. Tomorrow there's something that we are called to do. You know there's more. Can I get an amen? There's more that God wants to do through us and in us, which means we need more of God. Can I get an amen? Would you just lift your hands with me right now? Would you just lift your hands? Everybody, all across this auditorium, those of you watching online, would you lift your hands? Right now, we're going to ask God to give us more. We're going to ask God to drop more of His glory here, to rest greater presence here, to let the Holy Spirit have more of His way tonight. That every soul, that every ear, that every heart that would hear the Word of God tonight would be changed and challenged and pushed further and deeper and closer to the things of God than we've ever been before. So Lord, we lift our hands in complete surrender for what you would do. We take our thoughts, we take our desires, we take our our inhibitions, and we lay them to the side. And we have open hands, open hearts, open ears. And we say, Lord, say what you will say. Lord, do what only you will do. And Lord, fill us with more of you in Jesus' mighty name. Can I get a shout of an amen in this house? Come on, one more time. Can we just shout amen? Come on. God bless you. We'll take your seats. Thank you, worship team. As always, you know, you say it every time you grab a mic here at this church or you have an opportunity to preach here. You know, it's a a privilege and it's an honor. And that's not just a cliche. It's not just something I'm supposed to say. I, I say those things because I mean those things and and they're authentic. And that's really the direction I want to preach in today is the authenticity of Christ. There is another gospel that's been preached throughout the land. There's another gospel that has taken hold in our country and around the world. Not the gospel, not the authentic gospel of Jesus Christ, but a false doctrine, a false gospel, another gospel that coddles people into their sin, that pleases the flesh rather than pleases the spirit of God. It actually grieves the spirit of God, this gospel that's being preached, this gospel of accommodation that that has easy messages and watered down gospels. And I know maybe some of you are saying, oh no, here he goes again. Every time you grab a mic, P-Rob, every time you grab a mic, P-Rob, you talk about the hard stuff, the heavy stuff, because God's called me to be a watchman, and watchmen warn. 
and there's been signs coming and coming and coming of Jesus' return. And we're closer now today. And I'll say this every time I get a mic to preach. We're closer now in this very moment than we ever have been before than the coming of Christ. And so I will preach this. Amen. But I say it often how much of an honor it is for me to preach here today on behalf of Pastor Brian as he has been serving Pastor Rod Parsley at, at Dominion Camp Meeting and they just are finishing up their final service there and Pastor and the team will be coming back here. And so you don't want to miss this Wednesday, this midweek because Pastor Brian will be back in our pulpit, yeah. And he's, you know, he kind of, he kind of gave us a little, a little nugget the Wednesday before he had to leave for uh, Dominion Camp on Legacy. And so he'll be starting a Legacy series throughout the month of July on midweek. So you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be incredible. And I know that he's been getting filled and overflowing with some stuff there in Ohio. And he'll be bringing that back to this house. So I'm coming ready with my seatbelt. Because I don't know where God's going to take it. But I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Tonight I want to speak the Father's heart. I really want to speak the Father's heart because I believe that we are in an hour where there is an end time revival coming to this land. I believe that this is a house, this church, City Reach, is a house that God wants to use to usher in this fresh move of God. Can I get an amen? I believe that this is a house that God has set up to be a part of this end time revival and an outpouring like we've never seen before because we are living in the last days. There's this old time, and I want to have some church church tonight. Can we have some church church tonight? This is taking back Sunday night. We're going to take it back way, 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 way back to some old Pentecostal 6 p.m. after having a little lunch after the 9 a.m. service, Sunday school, 9 a.m. service at 10 a.m., have a little lunchy lunch, take a little nappy nap, and then you come back to the house of God. Anybody have a Pentecostal Sunday like that? Well, we're going to go back. We're going to take it back, way, way back. I've got a title for the message tonight. My wife actually helped me. This is the, probably the first time in 20-some-odd years of preaching she's actually helped me with the title. It's good, but not that good, all right? No, it's, it's fire. The title is Comfortable with the Counterfeit. Comfortable with the Counterfeit. There is a counterfeit gospel. And there is a sleeping church that has bedded themselves with this gospel of counterfeit. It's not the real thing. It has no power to it. That's why week after week and Sunday after Sunday and month after month and year after year, people are still chained to the same thing because preachers in a pulpit have brought perversion to the pulpit which has breeded perversion in the pew. Because there's no brokenness in the pulpit, there's no boldness in the pews. Because there's no humbleness in the pulpit, there's no holiness in the pews. Because they've become comfortable with the counterfeit. For every good thing that God will bring your way, the enemy will create a counterfeit to fool you. That's why there's an antichrist agenda that has risen. Because for every good thing that God produces, there shall be a counterfeit. Because the enemy has one thing that he wants to do, and that is to deceive you. The greatest deception the enemy has brought to this world and to this generation is to make people believe that he himself does not exist. The devil is as real as the God we serve. But as Pastor Natalie preached this morning, he's already been defeated. There's no getting out of that for him, but his mission is to deceive, not the unbeliever but to deceive the believers. And we watch church after church, preacher after preacher, Christian after Christian fall and fall and fall to the deception of this age. And tonight I want to challenge you not to become comfortable with the counterfeit. You know, many of you know me for many years now and and many of you have complimented me on my sneaker collection and my affection to having nice 
sneakers. And, you know, sometimes sneakers can get quite expensive, and my wife does not like that. But I've created a little, a little way of making sure that I can still get what I want without costing her anything. She says, come on. <laughs> Only time she supports me in this. But there is, there is a big business out there right now for fake sneakers. They have made them to look and to feel so authentic that you can't tell the difference. You know, some sneakers are very expensive. Depending on the demand on that particular sneaker or how difficult it is for you to get a hold of that sneaker, it will drive the price up. And I'm willing, I'm willing to pay the price for the authentic. But there aren't very many Christians willing to pay the price for the authentic. They want the easy. They're settled with the fake because it doesn't cost you much. Just, just do a little bit and you'll get a little bit. But you see, you want the authentic move of the Holy Ghost. It's going to cost you something. I have a friend that is perfectly comfortable with the fake Jordans. He says it looks the same. It smells the same. It almost feels the same. It almost feels the same. I said, but yeah, it's not the same. It's not authentic. He goes, yeah, but I don't have to pay the price. But for me, I don't want to wear a fake. I don't want the fake. I want the authentic. I, 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 he showed me a pair, and I thought they were real, and I put them on. And I said, these aren't comfortable. They, they don't have the same material in them. They have something similar, but it ain't the same. Authentic beats, beats fake every time. I, I, there's a saying. There's a saying. You get what you, you, get what you pay for. Well, I've been serving God for over 20 years. I've paid a price too high for a fake. I'm not going to come into a place and just settle for the fake move of God. I don't want a preacher preaching to my children or preaching to my family or telling me how to get my marriage back in strength and they're preaching a false gospel that doesn't challenge me as a husband to sacrifice and die daily for my wife. Get out of here with that fake nonsense. I'm, I don't want that. Perversion in the pulpit has created perversion in the pews. And there's thousands, thousands, hundreds of thousands of believers that are sitting in churches around the world that think that they're going to make it to heaven. I want to take you to Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to start in verse 3. And four, and I'm going to travel through Matthew chapter 24. Is that all right? I'm going to travel through Matthew 24. Many, and I mean many, are being deceived into a false, fake, and watered-down gospel. One that is so contrary to this word of God. They're so comfortable with it because it's easy to listen to. It doesn't offend you. It accommodates your lifestyle. But the Bible warns us time and time again to not be deceived. To not be fooled. There is only one gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you ever hear a message about another gospel preaching another Jesus for the love of your family, run. Run in the opposite direction of preachers that will tickle your ears and not challenge your heart. Run. Run from worship that praises you rather than God. Run from that thing that doesn't please God. But in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus gathers with his disciples, the elect that, wanted, that walked with him. And he has a private conversation with him. I'm so grateful that Jesus had these moments with disciples like Matthew, and Matthew wrote about it. 
to give us insight. In chapter 23, Jesus teaches to the multitudes. He teaches to the masses. He warns of several things. He warns of deceptions and, and he warns of false teachers. And then in chapter 24, the disciples get with Jesus and they questioned because they did not understand. And Jesus says this in verse 3. Now as he, meaning Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, I challenge you tonight to do a study on the Mount of Olives and why this particular chapter and what Jesus is saying is so key to what will take place in the book of Revelation. I challenge you to find the history of Mount Olive. I wish I had the time to break it down to you, but this is very significant of a discussion and the place that it takes place. It's very important. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. What's the sign, Jesus? What should we be looking for, Lord? How will we know of your coming? Deception. The rise of deception. The rise of the mockery. The rise of deceiving prophets. The rise of false teachers. This day, this hour, I am grieved to know that there are so many being led astray by false doctrine, welcomed into churches, abominations into churches. And you may think this is a tough message and this is a heavy message. I have been called to be a watchman in this hour. To watch for souls, not just for you, but for every voice that God has given me under my voice right now. For every soul that is attached to what I'm saying. One day I will stand before God and have to give an account for what I've been privileged to preach. And I refuse to not preach about the second coming of Christ. I refuse to not preach about hell. I refuse to not preach about, about the things that will draw men back to Jesus. Because there is hope. A hope in Jesus Christ. And if I don't warn you about the opposite of that hope, how will you ever come to know that hope? This is the full gospel. We live in a broken and fallen world. But a Savior came and died, but didn't stay in the grave. Three days later, I said three days later, that stone rolled away, and with all power and authority and the keys to death and hell in his hands, he stepped out of that grave, and on that morning, on that day, my salvation was won forevermore. That is the gospel message. There is no other way to heaven. There is no way to release yourself from the bondage of sin. You must call on the name of Jesus, that name. There is no other name by which men shall be saved. I wish somebody would help me tonight. This is a message for this hour. This is a message for the people of God to know we must not be fooled. There is no other gospel. They said, what sign? What sign? What should we be looking for? Deception. Look for the false teachers. Look for the false gospels. The, go the, the, the false gospels that are being preached. A gospel that pleases flesh, allows sin, normalizes abomination. Law normalizes abominations. Where the events are bringing perversion into the church and people are calling it normal. We are living in a day, an age where deception of the church is at an all-time high. Lord, how will we know when you're about to come when deception is at your door? Are you still with me? There's a false gospel that pleases flesh, allows sin, normalizes abominations and drags people to hell. All the while, 
Many in the church have become comfortable to that. They've become comfortable with the counterfeit. Every one of us will have to give an account for our own soul. You know that, right? But we'll also have to give an account for the souls that God has entrusted to our voices. And so a message like this is important because what you say can lead people to Christ or away from Christ. And one day you will answer for that. Not what you did, but why you did it. And I don't want to be giving an account for a false gospel. God has called us all to be watchmen. And the number one job of a watchman is to warn people of dangers. And so tonight I bring you a warning. Deception is at our door. Jesus has sounded an alarm. The Holy Spirit has awoken us. You know, this, this, this statement that people say, this woke culture. Jesus never said woke. He said, woe. Woe. You brood of vipers. Whoa. Whoa. It's a warning. Don't get caught up in the culture. Get your nose in the gospel. Get your heart attached to the things of God. Get your face on the floor again. Get your floor wet with your tears. Because what breaks the heart of God should tear our hearts apart. And there's this gospel that has crept into the church that says, as long as I make it to heaven, as long as I live a decent life, as long as it's okay, it doesn't matter what happens with anybody else. Where did we lose the conviction for lost souls when the gospel became so much about us and not about the lost? I pray tonight we change that. Amen? I pray tonight that we would desire more of the presence of God, that we would yearn for the correction and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. If I can teach my children one thing in this life, if the only thing that my children learn from me, it would be that they would love the correction and they would love the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that every day of their life they would yearn, God, if I'm not doing something right, let your spirit tell me and lead me back to righteousness. Lead me back to holiness. Lead me back to your feet, God. I hope that one day my son and my daughter are teaching their children the lessons they've learned from their father. The legacy that I leave behind is a legacy of correction and a legacy of conviction of the Holy Ghost. That's what I want to leave to my children because there is a false doctrine and they're being taught things that I never thought would be taught in the church. It's disturbing and disgusting. You know, my, my sister for a long time was a bank teller. She was a bank teller. Is that what they still call them these days? Bank teller? Because everything's automated these days. But used to, you have to actually go talk to somebody. I don't know if they do that anymore. You got to actually go talk to somebody. That's part of what the enemy wanted to do anyway. To keep you from talking to people. Separate you. But anyways. She used to be a bank teller. And my sister could spot a fake bill. Like that. And I asked her one time. I said how would you get so good at spotting a fake? I said how did you get so good? Because she had to learn. She had to learn how to tell a fake from the authentic. And she had to teach other people how to find it. And she said, well, I could, I could see it. I could see it if it's fake. I could see it. I pray that there would be such a conviction of the Holy Ghost in this church. We could spot a fake. We could spot something that isn't of God and call that sucker out and kick it out. I pray that there would be such a Holy Ghost conviction. We'd be so, so close to the Holy Ghost that discernment would be like a second language to you and me. And we'd see it and we'd call it out. Let me tell you how you call something out. First, take dominion over it. You've been given authority. 
So I take authority in that atmosphere. And if it's fake, I don't want it. Get it out of my life in the name of Jesus. She said, I could spot it by what I saw. And she was great at $100 bills. Now, how many of you right now, if you could look at this $100 bill, stop lusting after it. I said, just look at it. Could tell that this is real or fake. But my sister sitting in the front row, if she was sitting in the front row, she could spot if it was a fake. And I said, that's it? She goes, well, sometimes they got so good that even just by looking at it, you couldn't tell. There's a lot of people that can worship like they think they know. A lot of people that can pray like they know. A lot of people that can preach like they know. And it's hard to spot them. It's hard to see it. Then she said, I, I, would, I would grab the bill. And she said, I could feel. I could feel it. I could feel it. She said, I'd feel the, I'd feel the bill like that. And, and I could tell. I could run my fingers across it and know there's certain things about it that should be there that aren't there or things that are there that shouldn't be there and I knew it was a fake there's a there's a lot of people that can get caught up in the feeling this ain't goosebumps this is the Holy Ghost it ain't a feeling it's a person activated and she said if I couldn't see it and I couldn't feel it then I test it against the light oh I wish somebody would help me tonight May your word be a, come on, what is the word? It's a light. If something don't look right, something don't feel right, I match it up against the word of God because a fake just ain't going to do. I need the authentic move of the Holy Ghost. I want the authentic thing. She said, I'd, I'd hold that bill up to the light. And there'd be something imprinted on that bill, imprinted on it. Something that you, you couldn't add to it and something you couldn't take away. Somebody ought to help me right now. She said there'd be something imprinted into the bill. Something you couldn't put in it and something you couldn't take out of it. There's something authentic about the Holy Ghost. You can't put anything in it and you can't take anything out of him. Don't get so comfortable with the counterfeit. I said, but how did you get so good? Because she was the best in her, at her bank branch. She said, because I became so close with the authentic that when a fake would show up, it just wouldn't do. She said, I, I spent hours with real money. I spent time with the money. I, I, I studied it. I searched it. I made myself familiar with it. She said there were moments I could even smell if it was a fake. Smell? She goes, yeah, even smell it. I said, man, that'll preach. I said, girl, I, I'm going to take that. I'm going to preach it one day. There's something that has taken a hold of the church, and it's grieving the Holy Ghost. We go to verse 5. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. What you see on the screen right now is the definition of a wolf in sheep's clothing. Many will come in my name. Many will come in my name, and many shall be deceived. This man is deceiving many, and Paul writes, if you hear another gospel, that man should be accursed. There is a curse coming to every false preacher. Every false teacher that would pervert the word of God, that would twist it for their own desires, so they could grow a crowd. Or they could be accepted by this, by this agenda. What you see on the screen is the definition of a wolf in sheep's clothing. Clothed in meekness. Clothed in gentleness. Clothed in kindness. Clothed in light. The Bible says the enemy himself will disguise himself as an angel of the light. 
This is an abomination. It's blasphemy. And there is, there is a mandate on my life. I believe it. To be a voice, a watchman for souls. To warn against this. That we do not be led astray by this easy to listen to. This sugar-coated gospel. That this is the definition of love. Love is to tell people about hell, not lead them there. That's not love. That's not Christ-like. And tonight, I share with you from the heart of the Father. Lord, what will the sign of your coming be? Lord, what will it be? Deception. The first thing he says is deception. And he begins to list wars and rumors of wars and, and brothers hating against brothers. But the first thing that he says is deception. We are seeing it now like never before. There's a deception that has risen. There's a false gospel that has risen. And it's being eaten up by the masses because it's easy to listen to. And it's easy to live by. If I can live how I want and do how I want, why wouldn't I want that gospel? Because I know the road to destruction is wide, and many will find it. But the road to eternal life is narrow, and few will find it. I want to be one of the few on that road. Where that road splits, I want to be on the middle of that road, calling out to these people, saying, don't go that way. Don't go that way. That leads to destruction. I promise you there's another way. I promise you there's a better way. But there's only one way to get there. You must call on the name of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist had one message, repent and make way for the Lord. I want to I shout that from the rooftops tonight. Repent. I don't want to be a preacher that preaches about 15 ways or 15 steps to a better life. I got one step. One step to a better life. Repent. Repent. I promise you if you repent, your life will get better. Can I get an amen? Is this too much for you? Too much on a Sunday night? We're going to take it back. This is old time preaching. My pastor used to preach like this every week. He used to tell us, Jesus is coming, so you better get ready. He used to tell us all the time, you better get right so you don't get left. Every week he'd preach like this to me. I miss that preaching. So I thought tonight, I thought tonight I'd bring a little bit of that, of that back, amen. Churches all over America have become dens of iniquity full of sin, perversions in their pews, and one day they'll have to answer to God for that. They've led many astray, they've deceived many, they've allowed the enemy to deceive them. For every good thing, God will bring a counterfeit, or excuse me, the enemy will bring a counterfeit. You know, the devil's a deceiver. His native tongue is lies. His native tongue is lies. He cannot speak the truth. Even half a truth is still a whole lie. See that you're not deceived, Jesus says. How can we keep from being fooled? How can we keep from being deceived? Become so familiar with the authentic, unadulterated, unaltered word of God. Get yourself rooted in a church that preaches that gospel, that challenges your spirit, that challenges your life, that teaches your children, that challenges your children. Is there a church in this place that understands what I'm talking about? You got to get rooted where the authentic is happening. And you've got to become so familiar with the authentic move of God that when you feel and sense something that is not of God, your spirit. I'm so grateful that God has given each of us a level of discernment. And when there's something that just isn't 
isn't of God, my spirit, it, it, does, it, doesn't, it, it can't rest. I have a restless spirit, and I have to begin to ask God, what's going on, Lord? Reveal it to me so that I can call it out. Reveal it to me so I can take authority over it. How do you not get fooled? Get yourself plugged in to a church that preaches the authentic gospel. Can I get an amen? Get yourself plugged into a church. I'm saying a church, but you know what I'm saying. Into a church that doesn't take the Holy Spirit and put them in the back room. Doesn't let their kids not experience the fullness of the glory of God, but brings them into a tabernacle that is saturated in the Spirit of God. Brings them to the front and lets the Holy Ghost take over. Come on, somebody. Bring them to a church. Get them plugged in. I heard a story of Diana Pena's daughter that at a pool party, somebody said, you know, it's okay. This, this lifestyle is okay. I'm, I'm all right with it. And she said, no, no, it's not. Get yourself plugged into a church where your kids become bold voices of revival like never before. How do you not get deceived? How do you got, not get fooled? Get yourself plugged in deep and get some roots. Can I get an amen? Get yourself to a church that tells you if you don't repent, you'll find yourself in hell. Don't become comfortable with the counterfeit. I want to skip to verse 10 very quickly. And if this isn't the picture of the church and culture today, my goodness. Verse 10, and then many will be offended. You can't even type the word and on Facebook without offending somebody. You know, I, I, you forgot about the word the. You forgot about the word they. You forgot about the word this. And you forgot about the word that. I'm shaking. I'm literally shaking right now because you did not say the other words. This is how bad our world has become. You have an opinion, somebody will be offended. But you see, I'm not preaching my opinion. I'm not posting my opinion. I'm posting and preaching a gospel that was written by God, by men inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible is offensive. Many are offended by what we say. Many are offended by what we preach. But Jesus prophesied that it would be this way. And then many will be offended. They will betray one another and will hate one another. Verse 11. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Just stop right there in verse 12. This is a picture of the modern day church as a whole. The love of others have grown cold. They don't go to their neighbor. They don't reach out. They don't evangelize. They don't do anything because it, the gospel has become about me. The gospel has become about my life getting better, my life becoming more, my life getting more. And God has not called us to give us more, but through us do more. Come on, somebody. The love of others have grown cold. We've become so cynical about so many things in this world, and Jesus prophesied this. So at first they said, well, what's the end? When will the end come? He says, first, deception. And then he begins to list some other things, and then he gets here. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. I just showed you a picture of one, one of many. We could spend another hour here. There's a video of that. There, there, there's so many people that are being deceived and many are rising up and taking that banner because it's easier to preach a message that other people won't stone you for. But that's the gospel that'll take people straight to hell. That is not the gospel of Jesus. Lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures the end to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. And this gospel in the kingdom of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then. Somebody say and then. The end will come. I thought about this for a second. 
Because I truly believe that we are closer now to the coming of Jesus Christ than ever before. Even closer than when I first started preaching, I think we're closer now, amen? I mean, that's how time works if you're not sure. I see two things beginning to happen in our world. I see deception rising, but I see the gospel preachers, end time voices, end time revivalists, end time prophets that are beginning to rise and the gospel is being preached. The gospel of this kingdom is being preached. So at the same time, I see deception rising, but I hear voices rising. I see an army rising. I see a bold church rising. I see it both happening. So it's an encouragement to me to know that although there's a deception rising, the end's not going to come just yet. But when this gospel of the kingdom is being preached to all the nations as a sign, then the end will come. I have watched my pastor take this gospel message with boldness and conviction, and I'm watching nations rise up with that gospel message. This is why this is a warning, because Jesus says the gospel of this kingdom will be preached, and then the end will come. First, he tells the disciples deceptions will arise. False teachers will arise. I showed you that's happening. Then he says, but the gospel will be preached to all the nations. I see it. I see it. The great third awakening you hear about. What Joel talks about, this is that, that he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I see it. I know that right in July we're having an outpouring. I see. I see both the deceptions rising, but I see end time voices being raised up at the same time. And they're battling each other. They're battling each other. But authenticity will always beat out a fake. The fake won't last. The fake will always tear apart. But the authentic thing, that's why the Bible has lasted. That's why this message has lasted. That's why Jesus could do all that Jesus could do and then command us even greater things shall we do. The end is near. How do I know? I just preached it to you from Matthew chapter 24. Lord, what will the signs be? How will we know? First, deceptions. Then he lists some other things. And then he says this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the nations. I'm seeing it. Anybody else? Lift your hands if you're seeing the gospel message. Seeing bold preachers rise up. I'm watching end time voices call for the next generation to rise up. I'm seeing end time voices preach hard messages so that the, end, the, the, the next generation doesn't get fooled and doesn't get deceived and not, doesn't get led astray. I, I see it. So I know the end is coming. If you're here tonight and you're, you're nervous about the end time, the second coming, the rapture and all of that stuff. That's not to scare us. The Bible actually says that's a hope to us. I'm looking forward to that great day. Anybody with me? I'm going up on the first load, as Pastor Brian says. When that trumpet sounds, I'm going up. 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 But if you want to hear the trumpet, you cannot be comfortable with the counterfeit. If you want to go up on the first load, you cannot be comfortable with the counterfeit. If you want your family to be saved, you cannot be comfortable with the counterfeit. If you want God to do greater things in your life, if you want to do greater things for God, you cannot be comfortable with the counterfeit. Counterfeit just won't do. Another way I've heard it said is, once you've tasted, once you've experienced the fire, smoke just won't do. I don't want the smoke, I want the fire. And I've been baptized in this fire. And I've been baptized in this fire. And I've been baptized in this fire. And I've been baptized and baptized again and again over and over and over again. And every time it, feel, it gets better, every time it feels greater. And what used to excite me 20 years ago about the move of the Holy Ghost... That was child's play to what I'm seeing right now. I don't want a counterfeit move of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to fake it. I want the authentic thing. 
The words of Isaiah always ring in my, in my spirit. I'm very, very careful in how I worship and how I praise. Because I believe it's a weapon and I believe it's the way that I lift up the name of Jesus. But he says, you can say all the right things, but your heart is far from me. It means nothing. I don't want to give God a counterfeit worship. Because I don't need a counterfeit move. I need an authentic move. If I want an authentic move of God, I've got to give authentic worship. Everything that I do has to come from a place of authenticity. Can I get an amen? If you want more of the Holy Ghost, you want more of the presence of God, cultivate authenticity in your life. Bury your nose in the word of God. Bury your nose in the word of God. Pick your nose up out of the word of God and then bury your nose in the altar of your home. Get yourself a prayer closet. Get yourself, like Pastor Natalie talked about this morning, to, to get shut in with Jesus. Get shut in with God. Just get in the presence of God and lock yourself away. And you'll see an authentic move of God like never before in your life. Amen. Would you stand with me all over this place? Comfortable with the counterfeit. Comfortable with the counterfeit. I pray that we would always be a church. I believe that this is the type of church we are even now. And I, believe, I pray that we always stay this way. To be a church with, where the bold truth is found and the counterfeit exposed. I don't want to preach a gospel without conviction, without the cross, without repentance, without rapture, without revival, without miracles, without hope, without love. Because there is no other gospel. There is no other gospel without conviction, without the cross, without the repentance, without the rapture, without revival, without miracles, without hope, without love. There is no other gospel. There's only a bold gospel that doesn't allow you to live however we want. To be watchmen, to warn the church. the coming of Jesus see as a watchman you see the signs you see them and then you warn the people and so I pray tonight that you receive what I say from the heart of the father that my job as a watchman is not to coddle to comfort but to warn I see the signs I see deception on the rise but I see the boldness of end time voices on the rise too. So I see that the end is near. And I've got family members that need to repent. I've got neighbors that need to repent. I've got people in my life that God has given me in my, under, my, my, attached to my life that need Jesus. We've got nations to go to, streets to take, land to conquer for the kingdom. And so I bring the warning of the word of God to us tonight that we would not be comfortable with the counterfeit. For every good thing God will bring, the enemy will always create a counterfeit. And for my life and for my family, we have claimed what the word of God said, for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. So a counterfeit just won't do. It won't do in my house. It won't do in my life. It won't do anywhere. I don't want any part of it. If that's you tonight, I challenge you. I challenge you tonight. If, if there's any, any form to remove it from your life tonight. Amen. Would you just bow your heads with me right now? Worship team, you can join me back up here on the platform. Just for a moment, just for a moment, just for a moment. Examine your own heart. Examine your own life. Have we become comfortable with, with counterfeit moves? Have we become comfortable? Have we settled? We said, we've got enough. This is just enough. 
pray tonight that we would just let loose tonight and have some old time revival and let the Holy Ghost run wild and we would just jump into the river we would just lose all sense of dignity and just let the Holy Ghost have his way anybody with me tonight just have a little bit of Holy Ghost revival up in this Sunday evening service with every head bowed and every eye closed I don't know where you're at in life I don't know if you've ever made Jesus Lord of your life and tonight you hear a message like this and you think to yourself and I'm, 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 I'm new here I'm, I'm new to the, the whole thing and man I, I, don't, I don't really know about all that stuff just know that Jesus loves you and that this is a, a message that you can receive as a warning to know that there is a better way through repentance in the name of Jesus Christ and I want to give you an opportunity tonight to give your heart to the Lord but maybe you've been with Jesus before maybe you've traveled along with Jesus for a time and then life happened or something happened and you kind of found yourself away from God I want to give you an opportunity tonight to come back to the Father, to come back to the Lord. So tonight, if you need to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, would you just lift your hand right now? Just lift your hand. Give it another moment. There's a couple in the balcony. Amen, amen, amen. A couple down here. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Praise God. Everybody in this room under the sound of my voice, even you at home, watching online, everybody, would you just repeat this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I ask you for forgiveness of all of my sins. I believe that you died. And I believe that you rose again. And I believe that when I ask for forgiveness... You will forgive me. So Lord, once again, I ask you for forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give those people a hand clap? Come on. This is why we preach. This is why we sing. This is why we have service. This is why we take back Sunday nights. Because you never know. Come on, you never know what Jesus can do in one moment. You never what will happen if you'll just invite somebody to church? They'll hear a message that'll change their life. And tonight we saw several people give their heart to Jesus. The greatest miracle of all that never gets old is the salvation of a soul. One more time, can we give Jesus a mighty, mighty, mighty hand? Come on, give Jesus a shout tonight. The devil can only deceive us in areas where we don't know the truth. Ushers, you can come. The devil can only deceive us in areas where we don't know the truth. Deception can only enter in in areas where we don't know the truth. And so I declare this truth boldly here tonight. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and, there, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. So if the devil has deceived you in the area of your finances, I want to boldly share with you, get faithful and stay faithful in your tithe. That holy sanctified 10% and give offering above that. Give offering above that tithe. And watch the windows of heaven pour out that you would have no need. Giving instructions are on the screen here. You can give online. You can give in person. Stay faithful with your tithe. I want to I pray for you right now. Lift your hands towards heaven. Lord, we bless every giver, every tither, 
every sower. We thank you, Father, that the adversary has no hold on our finances. You are our advocate. We have an advocate that's greater than every adversary, that's greater than the devil, that's greater than that liar and that accuser. We thank you, Lord, that we place this tithe in your hand in obedience, that we give offering in obedience to the word of God because we know the truth. And it's the truth that we know that sets us free so we can live in freedom here on this earth. Walk in blessing. In the name of Jesus, bless everyone giving under the sound of my voice and giving online and we ask Lord for you to provide every need every need in Jesus' name ushers you can receive oh God is good isn't he good are you grateful for his word are you grateful for what he's done here all day today zeal for his house has consumed me zeal for his house has consumed me and I have some good news I have some real good news I know we've talked about some very important things today at 11 a.m. and tonight, but there's something coming. There is something coming that's going to fill this nation. It's going to fill this city. It's going to fill our homes. Can I tell you what it is? It is the glory of God. The glory of God is coming. The glory of God is coming. We're going to see an increase of soul winning like we've never seen before. We're going to see churches overflowing in the mighty matchless name of Jesus. We're going to see a move of God unlike anything we've ever seen before. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Strengthen your cords. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. God is about to enlarge this dwelling place. He's about to enlarge this dwelling place. He's about to enlarge this dwelling place in the name of Jesus. Oh, are you excited for a move of God unlike you've ever seen? I'm excited. I know it's summertime. I know it's 4th of July weekend. I know that we have many things to do, but there is a people here. If this is Sunday night, uh, let me get some help. Can I get a little help up in here? Come on, it's Sunday night. You're here in the presence of the Lord. You came here for something. You came here for something. You got fed with the word, an opportunity to worship. You've sown your seed. Come on, do you want to receive something from the Holy Ghost? Do you want to be changed in the mighty name of Jesus? Do you want to leave here more on fire than you came in here? Reach a little further. Pull on heaven a little more. Worship a little longer. Run around this place if you need to. But there's breakthrough in this atmosphere. There's breakthrough in this atmosphere. There's breakthrough in this atmosphere. In the name of Jesus, there's breakthrough in this atmosphere. There's freedom in this atmosphere. There are revivalists in this atmosphere. There's preachers in this atmosphere. There are people under the sound of my voice you're about to be raised up in this kingdom in the kingdom of God and you're going to pull on heaven you're going to bring the will of God into the earth oh come on I'm talking to somebody I'm talking to somebody there's somebody that came here for something bring your wife with you bring your wife with you church stretch your hands pray pray in the Holy Ghost it's Sunday night come up here Come up here. Come on. Come up. Stretch your hands out. Stretch your hands out. Stretch your hands out. Stretch your hands out. Pray in the Holy Ghost for this couple. You are called to reach this generation. You are called to reach your generation. You are called to reach your generation. And every devil in hell that told you that you're not capable, that you don't know enough, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, devil. I rebuke you off of both of them. They're going to be trumpet blowers. They're going to be trumpet blowers. They're going to sound an alarm in this end time. Both of you. 
both of you, both of you, both of you, both of you, soul winners, both of you, preachers, both of you, in the name of Jesus, stop saying it's just him. It's both of you, in the name of Jesus. It's both of you, in the name of Jesus. Greater measure, greater measure. Come on, there's a generation that needs reached. There's a generation that needs reached. There's a generation that needs reached. And under the sound of my voice, there's some people in here. You're either believing for a ministry, you've been removed from a ministry, something's been pruned off your life, and you think that it's dead. Listen, God often prunes before the good fruit comes. A lot of times there are, there are, there's a lessening before there's growth. There's, there's a contracting before there's an expansion. You're here on a Sunday night. You're here on a Sunday night. You're here on a Sunday night because you wanna be used by God, because you love the Holy Ghost. You're here on a Sunday night, not by accident. You're here on a Sunday night because you believe in this gospel message. You're here on a Sunday night because you wanna impact this city. You're here on a Sunday night for a reason. So lift your hands towards heaven. I pray for open ears right now under the sound of my voice that God would speak so clearly to you. Doors that have been shut right now, I pray that they're opened in the name of Jesus. I thank you in the name of Jesus for everyone that's going to be a bold mouthpiece for this gospel message in our homes, in this city. Hey, in our homes in this city, to the ends of the earth. Ah, you're not hearing me. Hey, you're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. Somebody better grab hold of what Jesus wants to put in your hand today, because there's an atmosphere of expectation in this place, and if you don't grab it, And I'll keep pacing till somebody gets it. Somebody's gonna get it. Somebody's gonna run around this place. Somebody's gonna get their breakthrough because they don't care what anybody thinks.
I gotta pray. 